Chapter 19 of The Outdoor Girls at Rainbow Lake. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Outdoor Girls at Rainbow Lake by Laura Lee Hope. A Queer Disturbance. Have we blankets enough? It's sure to be cool before morning. We can burn the oil stove turned down, love. That will make the tent warm. Oh, but it makes it so close and er smelly. They all laughed at that. Betty and her chum were preparing to spend their first night in a camp on Elm Island in the tent. They had had supper, eating with fine appetites, and after a little run about the lake, had tied up at the small dock near their tent. A lantern would be a good thing to burn, said Aunt Kate. That will give some warmth, too. And we can see better if, if anything comes, exclaimed Amy evidently with an effort anything what do you mean demanded molly as she combed out her long hair preparatory to braiding it well i mean er anything and again amy faltered oh girl she means the ghost exclaimed betty with a laugh why not say it don't pleaded grace now look here went on practical betty there's no use evading this matter there's no such thing as a ghost of that we are certain and yet, if we shy at mentioning it, all the while, it will only make us more nervous. The idea? I'm not nervous a bit, declared Molly. Well then, resumed Betty, there's no use in being afraid to use the word, as Amy seemed to be. So talk ghosts all you like. You can't scare me. I'm so tired, I know I'll sleep soundly, and I hope the rest of you will. Only for goodness sakes, don't be talking in weird whispers. That is far worse than all the ghosts in creation. That's what I say, exclaimed Aunt Kate, who was an old-fashioned motherly soul. If the ghost comes, I'm going to talk to it and ask how things are here on the other side. Girls, it's a great privilege to have a ghostly friend. If the man who owns this island knew what was good for him, he'd advertise the fact that it was haunted. If Mr. Lag were here, I'd get him to make a poem about the ghost. That would scare it off, if anything could. That's the way to talk cried Betty cheerfully, and now for a good night's rest. Brr, it is cold, and she shivered. I'm going to get some more blankets from the boat, declared Molly. I know we'll be glad of them before morning. Come along with me, Grace, she added, after a moment's pause, as she took up one of the lanterns. You can help carry them. And scare away the, began Amy. Indeed, I wasn't thinking a thing about it, insisted Molly with emphasis, and I'll thank you too. She began in the impetuous style that usually presaged a burst of temper, and Betty looked distressed. But Molly corrected her fault almost before she had committed it. Excuse me, Amy, she said, contritely. I know what you mean. Will you come, Grace? Of course. I'll be glad of some extra coverings myself. The two girls were back in a remarkably short time. You didn't stay long, commented Betty dryly. It's only a step to the dock, answered Molly, as she and Grace deposited their arm loads of blankets on the cots. Then after the talk and laughter had died away, quiet gradually settled down the camp tent. The outdoor girls were trying to go to sleep, but one and all afterward, even Aunt Kate complained that it was difficult. Whether it was the change from the boat or the talk of the ghosts, none could say. At any rate, there were uneasy turnings from side to side, and as each cot squeaked in a different key, and as one or the other was constantly singing, the result may be imagined. Oh dear, exclaimed Grace, impatiently after a half an hour of comparative quiet, I know I'll never get to sleep. 
do you girls mind if I sit up and read a little? That always makes me drowsy, and I've got a book that needs finishing. Only Aunt Kate was slumbering. Guiding chocolates that need eating, asked Molly, with a laugh, in which they all joined, half hysterically. Yes, I have, with emphasis. But just for that, you won't get any. I don't want them. You couldn't hire me to eat candy at night. And again, Molly flared up. Girls, girls, besought Betty. This will never do. We will all be rags in the mornings. Polishing rags then, I hope, murmured Amy. My hands are black from the old stove. It smoked. And I'll need a cake of sand soap to get clean again. Well, I can't stand this. I'm too fidgety, declared Grace. I'm going to sit up a little while and read. I'm going to eat a chocolate too. I'll give you some, Molly, if you'd like. I brought a fresh box of Mr. Lag. Chocolates, they are nice and sweet, good for a man and beast to eat. Give me a young lady like Bran, suggested Amy. Why don't we all of us sit up a while, and I have it. We'll make a pot of chocolate, exclaimed Molly. That will make us all sleep and warm us. It is getting really chilly in here. Perhaps that will be best, agreed Betty, as she dooned her heavy dressing gown and warm slippers, for the tent was cool even in July. Soon there was the aroma of chocolate in the little cooking shelter, and the girls sat around, in various picturesque and comfortable attitudes, sipping the warm beverage and nibbling the crisp crackers. Then, gradually, their nerves quieted down, and even Grace, more aroused than any of the others, began to feel drowsy. One by one, they again sought their cough, and finally a series of deep breathings told of much-needed sleep. It must have been long after midnight when Betty was suddenly aroused by a queer noise. She had slept heavily, and at first she was not fully aware of her surroundings, nor what had awakened her. Then she became conscious of a curious heavy breathing, as of some animal. She sat up in alarm, her heart pounding furiously, her throat went dry. Girls, girls, she gasped hoarsely. Aunt Kate! The latter was the first to reply. Quickly reaching out to the lantern near her, she turned up the wick. Following the sudden illumination of the tent, there was a cracking in the underbush near it. Oh, screamed Grace, sitting up. What is it? I'm going to look, said Molly, resoutly. Don't, don't, pleaded Amy, but Molly was already at the flap of the tent, which she quickly loosened. Then she screamed. Look, it's white, it's white. Betty, forcing herself to action, stood beside her chum. She was just in time to see something big and white round down toward the lake. There was a class and jingling as of chains and a splashing of water. Then the white thing disappeared, and the girls stood staring at one another, trembling violently. End of chapter 19